from Fresh Air Studios in Plymouth, this is In Conversation With, the podcast from Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce, presented by Stuart Elford, with special guest Dr Alan Butler of Pride in Plymouth. We kind of like getting money. As I say, we're a not-for-profit company and we're a, bit too, good, and we're a bit too good at not-for-profit, actually. But, it's, <laughs> but, uh, we need but you to also remember. want to be not-for-loss. Yes, not-for-loss <laughs> would be good. Hello there, I'm Stuart Elford, Chief Executive of Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce with another edition of our In Conversation With podcast. This time, a Chamber special edition is our Pride special, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Alan Butler, who heads up Pride Plymouth. Hello, Alan. Hello there. So, your bio tells me that you graduated from Marjon in 2002, you're Programme Lead for a new MA Archives and Collections course, and you are Co-Director of Pride in Plymouth and a Community Engagement Officer at The Box. That's some bio. It's quite a lot, isn't it? (laughs) And what do you do on Tuesday? (laughs) Sometimes it gets a bit much, but on the whole, everything kind of fits in with everything else. So, yes, I think it's a good move. (laughs) No, I think it's good. So, obviously, we're going to talk about Pride in a bit, but I just wanted to start talking a little bit about you. As I mentioned, an historian. Yeah. What brought you into that? What's your love of history? Oh, do you know, it's interesting because my love of history is very much the kind of modern history and, and really capturing people's stories. So it really came out of the work with pride as well. So I must admit, I go along to pub quizzes and people go, ah, you're a history lecturer, so you'll know, you you'll know, know everything. the date of every." And I'm like, I really don't. Sorry. But what I do know about is I think probably about 100 people I've interviewed over the last few years who've told me stories and I've included them in the archive, really. So that's how the sort of different jobs fit together, really, is it's all about... And so which people. came first, the sort of interest in the Pride stuff or the um, interest in the history? It was kind of a bit simultaneous. I joined an old Pride organisation that was in place at the time and I wasn't particularly out at this stage in my life. But a friend of mine was running it and said, oh, come and be the secretary, nobody will notice. So I'm like, oh, OK, I'll do that. And they had this <laughs> project... <laughs> yeah, that's I'll get away with it. Because Pride is very quiet and understated. And understated. Well, it was at the time. (laughs) So one of the projects that was sort of been discussed was actually, why don't we create this archive of people's stories and people's lives about being LGBT plus in the city over the last sort of 50, 60 years? So it kind of all happened together. I thought this is exciting and ended up training as an oral historian and doing a PhD in it, actually. Yes, 2012? Yes. yes, 2016, sorry. You completed a PhD called Performing LGBT Pride in Plymouth, 1950 to 2012. 2012, that's right, yes. So, and I guess over that, what's that, 62 years, my yeah. math isn't great, <laughs> 62 years, a lot of changes in that particular community it, and the way it is perceived. That's right. The original idea was let's do 1950 because that was about as far back as people could reasonably remember when they were talking <laughs> Sorry, to me. Yes. <laughs> and let's go up to 2000. But when we decided to come up to 2000, it was almost like, well, actually, that's not far enough. Things have changed so much in that additional 12 years. And because of the original project, we put an exhibition on in the museum in 2012 that almost impacted on the stories that people had told me anyway. So it just made sense to add another 12 years on the PhD. Well, yeah, a lot has changed. And did I remember right that you got an award, the 
Most Inspirational Archive Award. That's right, yes. The Community Archives and Heritage Group. Which you oh, now chair. Which I now chair. I wasn't going to throw that there in. There wasn't any um, nepotism involved. No it nepotism. Wasn't, I'm I the d- chair and I'm awarding no, myself. No, no, no. I didn't chair it back then. <laughs> I've discovered since that what happens with the Community Archives and Heritage Group is they kind of get the award winners in a couple oh. of years later and then you never escape, basically. But Quite. no, they made us, yeah, Most Inspirational Archive of 2011, which was really exciting. And they said that what they liked about it is we'd managed to hear people's voices, which was always the idea, really. So, and like I say, a bit like the mafia, I haven't got out since. I'm no, cheering. Once you're in, you're, <laughs> you're in. in. That's like, it. <laughs> Let's talk about that. 62 years of change in the LGBT community. It's been probably the most change in history, hasn't it? Of how people are treated, how they're perceived. Yeah. What's your takeouts of that? What did you learn? I think you're dead right, actually, not to bore you with my PhD conclusion, but it's such a critical time. I think it's the only moment in time when I still work with gentlemen who it was illegal when they met each other and all the changes that have come in between, you know, civil partnerships, same-sex marriage, all of that. And I don't think we'll ever hit quite such a critical time again. And the thing with Plymouth, I have to say, I think Plymouth and Plymouthians, and I say this as a Plymouthian. You are a Janner. I am a Janner. You never can just about you tell. can just pick up on a slight accent, possibly, um, <laughs> just slightly. but just ever so slightly. You know, we tend to be a little bit unspoken, and we tend not to make a fuss, and we go along with things. And the other thing I think Plymouthians do is we talk about they quite a lot. Oh, they should do something about they that. They should. So they should, and we're not they. quite sure who they are. They, but you never know who they are. No, but they definitely need to. They, do something whoever about they it. are, they need yeah. to mobilise, and I. I think that had certainly applied to the LGBT community and I think the thing that people have told me most in the interviews is like well you know I never made a fuss and I never drew attention to myself and stuff like that and that's fine and there's no reason they should make a fuss or they should draw attention to themselves and I did that very much for the first 28, 29 years of my life, you know. But at the same time, if you don't make a fuss and you don't draw attention to yourself, nobody really knows you're here. And that was some of the reaction I got when we began the archive project was people were going, you're in the wrong place, love. You know, you want to go to Manchester or Brighton or something. Because you don't have gay people. We don't have gay people in Plymouth. No, clearly not. You know, and it's sort of like, well... (laughs) Now you think that's ridiculous attitude. Well, it is. But it existed. It, It existed. It really did. And, you know, there have been moments and we had a terrible homophobic murder in 1995 we and that did, forced that in Central, Park? Central Park yes and yes. and that kind of forced perhaps a community of people who've been trying to keep their head down and it forced them a little bit into the public eye perhaps in ways that they would have hoped never to have been forced into the public mm. eye so there was some response to that but we've always been very quiet you know we'd had a couple of pride events prior to Pride in Plymouth happening and they were you know a bit smaller and a bit more low-key and just testing the waters and things so it feels like the last 10 years has been the point where people are perhaps a little bit more willing to stand up and be counted and talk about who they are and yeah. what they're about really which sadly people couldn't always do couldn't, as no. you say it was a criminal offence criminal offence at one point Utterly yes ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? I mean you say about that moment in history I suppose what we're aiming for is to generally put ourselves out of business and for it to become a complete non-issue who you love and what your gender identity is and things but until we get there we're just at this really kind of interesting time really where 
things oh, are moving. That's but. a lovely thought. I was speaking, and it's different but similar, that I was speaking to the Social Enterprise Network guys, and they were saying they're there to promote social enterprises and to help make businesses think about things and having positive social impact like a social enterprise. And they said, the ideal is one day we're not needed because everyone understands how positive that is. So yeah. you're trying to put yourself out of business. That's the plan, isn't it? And I did say that to somebody, and they went, well, actually, surely all kind of charities. And so and you think, well, actually, maybe that's true. So, you know, you're heading for... I don't know, utopia in the future, and you may not get there anytime soon, but you've got to keep trying, haven't you? I think of what Barack Obama says about the arc of history being long. Mm. So he talks about, you know, when you've got short periods where things look like a step back, because yeah. I'm looking at what's going on in America at the moment with, you know, the abortion situation and gun rights, and you think, oh my God, we're going back yeah. to the dark ages. But I think his point is over the general trend is better and tell me that the general trend in accepting people of different sexualities and gender identity is getting better it is i think it is and that's not to take away from you know we work with people currently whose lives have massive complications and things are really hard for them so i don't want to say to you oh yes it's all singing all dancing but i think generally as a course of travel things are moving for people what i quite like i do quite a lot of work in schools yeah and i've noticed that whereas before it's somebody would say something that you know perhaps wasn't quite right and you would sort of think right how do we approach this how do we challenge it you can look and see the other kids are challenging it now do you know what I mean you Good. almost don't get a moment to get in there because one of the other young people's going oh you can't say that you know you shouldn't say that so I think the future's bright but Good. it's just sort of yes getting through and rainbow coloured which rainbow we will colored. come on to yes, in a moment yes sorry I just want to go back a bit because you said that you kind of kept it to yourself I think did you say 26 28 28 years? Yes, 28 yeah. so you came out at 28. At 28, at Marjon, strangely enough. Last year? Which is, yes, last year. Yeah. Yes, no, no time at all. Um, no. no, I always say it's the longest coming out. That it probably isn't. That probably people's stories could match this quite easily. But I had a conversation with my mother at five years old saying that I thought I liked men the way you were supposed to like women, but I didn't really? know at it was five. a thing. Yeah, just okay. Cary Grant was a big deal for me as a kid and I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to be like him or whether there was something else going on, so. oh. Wasn't he famously gay? He was, as it turned out, it made me very happy. Because he was one of the most manly Hollywood exactly, actors with yes. the cleft chin yeah, and the, everything and was... all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, so, that, so we had that conversation at five, which mum loves me telling this story, bless her. She kind of went, ooh, yeah, well, maybe it's a phase, don't talk about that. Let's, you know. Well, and you can see why she wouldn't want you to talk about exactly. it because of the what you might have faced. Exactly. But, but she, was she supportive? She was. The way she would describe it now is actually she was quite fearful for, you know, suddenly she thought, oh, his life's going to be harder than it would have been. So she was quite keen not to make a fuss. There's that thing again at that point. And I, obviously I was very young. and it, But we kind of left it. And I think I was around the sort of mid to late 20s when I kind of went, you know that phase, Mum? And she went, yeah, I know. Don't <laughs> So, um, and by that time, I was at Marjons and feeling a little bit braver and being a secret secretary to the current Pride organisation. Why should you have to be secret? It's terrible. No, no, it's strange. It's one of those things. It sounds silly now, and it sounds silly to me. But I think when you're living the life and growing up, you know, once you've come out there's no going back really you um, can't suddenly say no I'm no not actually I'm kidding change my mind yeah change my <laughs> kidding you know. so it feels massive and I work with kids who will kind of say to me you know well I've 
told mum and dad, you know, I'm they're 14 and they're like, or oh, I spoke to mum, but I haven't spoke to dad. All these different combinations. Yeah. And they're usually quite surprised when I'm like, well, I was 28 really before I properly spoke to anyone. Right. And so you're doing very well at 16 or, you know. Yeah. So. And it's good that they can earlier. It's interesting that whole sort of coming out conversation, because I heard you at our City Conversations event yeah. say that gay people don't have to come out just once. They have to come out almost every day yeah you do it's a strange thing there's that big moment where you perhaps you come out to yourself a little bit you finally you, admit you it you finally admit it yes yeah. or, or accept or this exi- is what I am yes yeah, that's yeah. it yeah and there's a whole lot of societal kind of input in that that you've got to kind of go okay well I'm just going to live with the fact that I'm different you know, mm. afraid, you know but then once you've done that it then becomes a sort of constant coming out you know you start a new job and you're like well okay do I mention it now mm. do I leave it a couple of days I was working with a group of school kids the other day and I said right if I walk into a room shake your hand and say hello I'm Alan I'm gay you'd go oh a bit much a bit soon sort of thing so they're like yeah so I said but say I work with you for two weeks and then I mentioned it they still, yeah, we think that was quite funny. Why didn't you bring it up before? So I said, so where's the moment yeah. in there? Where you, you know, and usually it's kind of throwing in a partner's name that's the same, you know, and the just same gender. seeing yeah, the yeah. reaction and things like this. But it's, yeah, it's a strange thing. Or you kind of go around a bit branded, you know. Well, I was just going to say, you're wearing a, a, a rainbow, rainbow wristband. Yes. And it's on your watch too. It is on my watch. The reason for the wristband is I was working a couple of years ago in Ernestettle and two young men walked past me holding hands. I teenagers I guess and because it's something you don't see much in Plymouth and not much in Ernestettle I did a bit of a double take and both of them squared up to me thinking there was going to be trouble so I had this ridiculous conversation of like oh no no because you that's great because and I am and you and it was all very bizarre and it's very embarrassing yeah yeah. so I thought actually I'm just going to start barcoding myself (laughs) (laughs) well do you know it kind of happened to me in a different way I was at a concert in Plymouth Pavilions and I just happened to turn around at a moment that two guys had a hug and I didn't think anything of it I just caught the eye of one of them and I looked forward again next thing he's tapping me on the shoulder looked at me and he said you think we're gay don't you and I said I didn't, didn't think anything didn't really he said well he's my brother I'm not gay right yeah, yeah. so I said I really don't mind I said yeah. three of the guys I'm here with are gay and they all went oh and then he realised I was in a big group as well and yeah. they both went oh right and sort of backed off and I yeah. thought why does it have to be a thing yeah and the coming out thing, was that a big sort of relief to you? Was it like, oh, thank God for that? Or yeah. was it gradual? It was very gradual. It's strange. Marjons keeps coming up. For a while, it was just at Marjons. I had a very good friend who kind of cornered me. She'd been telling me all sorts of things about her life and some things she had going on. And I'm nodding wisely and going, oh, yes, yes. And then she went, and what about you? Because you hold a lot back. And I'm like, oh, what do you think I'm holding back? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you know what? You know. So I ended up admitting to it to her. Well, and isn't that funny you use that word admitting? It is. As if it's a guilt thing, as if you're admitting and, to a crime. Yes. And it felt like that then. I oh. kind of felt like I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not sort of, I don't know how you call it, sort of, you know, I've got flaws, I've got, and it, as you say, it shouldn't be. So that was a kind of, yeah, interesting period where like people at Marjons knew and people outside of Marjons didn't know. And I do remember the next day thinking, well, I have to just leave Plymouth forever because and then no one will ever, you know, I can almost go back into the closet again, that conversation we were having. But mm. over time, you think, actually, it's not that big a deal and people don't seem too worried and, you know. Well, I was going to say, isn't it a bigger deal for the person obviously that's coming out than for others and i'm just was reminded this for some reason yesterday that there's three quite high profile people in the last couple of years have come out and it's been all over the media and you know this huge thing that these people have come out and i thought 
terrible to make an assumption, but I always thought they were gay anyway. I thought that anyway. It was, yes. And I won't name names because it's not yeah. fair, but yeah. they're very high-profile people who suddenly come out as gay, yeah. and I think, well, I always thought they were, and I never gave yeah. a stuff either way anyway. No, that's <laughs> so it's obviously more to them. It is. And if it's good for them, yeah. I'm pleased with them. I'm not knocking it. I just kind of think, well, it's obviously news to them. Yes, or, or maybe, and it's strange, I don't know, but, you know, sometimes you think, who are you fooling? I went to a, a school <laughs> reunion, well, I say recently, it was back before lockdown, I guess, but there were several people there who kind of went, oh, we're so glad you figured it out, you know, and I'm like, I'd always figured it out, I just didn't feel this was the place to have the conversation, you know, it's strange, once you're on the other side, it's like, okay, well, everyone should do this, but it's very hard till you take yeah. that step. Yeah, I bet it is. My mate came out as gay to me when I was 21. And yeah, for 24 hours, I remember thinking, oh, wow, you know, my mate's gay. And then I realised, well, I've known him for, you know, by then it was 14 years. Suddenly he's not an issue anymore. So I'm kind of, I suppose I'm lucky that I've grown up with a gay friend and therefore have mixed with gay people. And it's never been an issue to me. No, I mean, Ian McKellen came out quite late in life. And actually, I've read some interviews with it, you know, and he said he's never, you know, he wishes he'd done it earlier. We all wish we'd done it earlier. But he kind of said, you know, he's never met a person who regretted coming out. You know, sometimes there are things, okay. things happen that maybe you might regret. So you might lose a friend yeah. here and there or you might, you know, some people sadly lose touch with family and things. But for the most part, most people, it's so beneficial to their well-being to be honest about who they are that. You know, you can't sort of fault it, really. And perhaps not a surprise to people around you. Funny enough, only yesterday on social media, I saw a post from a girl who had said she was dreading telling her father that she was gay. Yeah. And eventually, the way she did it, she sent him a text message oh. saying, Dad, I like girls. Yeah. And apparently within a second, he'd responded, just find one that smudges your lipstick, not your eyeshadow. Oh, right. And I thought, isn't that lovely? Isn't that, that nice? was him just saying, nice, yeah. and he probably knew. He's yeah, not, you know, no, parents no. aren't fools, are they? Not. they generally, I think. Yeah, that's no. it, yeah. and, and would you advise yeah. a parent to talk to their child if you think they are gay, or would you say just let them get on with it I in their own time? I think there's ways to kind of, I mean, it is nice to let people do it in their own time. I think there's ways of opening up conversations so, you know, you can keep your language quite neutral when you're talking yeah. about, you know. So I remember as a child, people going, well, have you got a girlfriend yet? You know, in that kind yeah. of, oh, no, I haven't, and I probably never will. Whereas actually, you know, just saying things like, you're seeing anyone, you know, you've got it just opens up Is the anyone possibility. You like? Anyone yeah. you like? You know, yeah. For a young person, it just opens up the fact that maybe it might be slightly different and that wouldn't be the end of the world, you know. It's great that we can have conversations you know there's times when you couldn't and i think society is moving so we can have conversations about all sorts of things i've got a friend who has had to have an operation for prostate cancer and it's affected him as a man as you can imagine Mm -hmm. and we sat in the pub and he expressed his worries and concerns we both just looked and laughed at the same time because we realized here's two straight guys talking about their dicks yeah and it was okay you know it's like (laughs) actually that's okay you can do that whereas historically that would have been a complete no-no oh, to even yes. talk about it you know yeah. stiff up a lip yeah you just wouldn't go there in the conversation would you at all i remember a funny story about a I can't remember which actor it was maybe it was ian mccullum but a yeah. famous actor who was asked at a time when it wasn't it was brave to even ask someone so we must have been talking i don't know 30 40 years ago was yeah. was asked come on do you prefer men or women yeah. and i thought the answer was brilliant he said Darling, when a man is stumbling through the desert, you do not ask him if he prefers Evian or Perrier, <laughs> which I thought was a lovely way of saying, yeah, mind your own bloody mind business. Your own business. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce on Twitter at 
at chamber underscore Devon and search for us on LinkedIn. Make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Hit subscribe now. So we better talk about Pride. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So what is it? What is Pride all about? Well, there is, I think, a perception that Pride is this sort of multinational organisation or movement, which it's not. You know, there's no such thing as a UK Pride. But actually, people and groups and organisations in places decide they're going to do Pride. And Pride is normally, let's have a day. Let's do Mm. an event. Let's do something amazing to celebrate who we are and open conversations. We're obviously Pride in Plymouth, so we deal with Plymouth, but there are lots of Pride organisations all around the Southwest and Cornwall and things. And traditionally, we've been second, third week in August. The Pride month is June when Pride begins in London but actually there's a kind of pride season for the next three or four months when lots of prides happen because we'd never fit them all in else you see so our prides tended to be in August what can happen in some places is the pride event is organized perhaps by the local gay bars and things like that so it has that very strong sense with us we're a bit different because we're a community interest company so we're here all year round doing work with the police and in schools and asylum seekers and lots of different things but we do put on a party traditionally on the hoe which has been great but the difficulty with the hoe is timing and residence and things like that so we basically get about eight hours to fit everything in and it's quite a lively hectic good fun eight hours but it's (laughs) a bit you know it's like oh and there's 10 people we couldn't get on stage and things like this you know so what we've done this year is we're moving to Albion Rugby Ground God bless them who invited us in and we're actually making a whole weekend of it around the 13th and the 14th of August. So the 13th of August will be the more traditional party side of it. We'll have our parade, we'll have stages, music, singing, lots of fun. We'll have an after party, which we've never been able to do before. An after party party? Yes, that's it. Party and then another party is great. And then on the Sunday, we're going to sort of use that time to talk about some of the other stuff, really. We're going to have a charity rugby match between a couple of LGBT rugby teams, which will be great fun, because it seems silly to be in a rugby ground and not have a rugby match. And, and they're mixed teams. Yes, yes, they are. So, yes, should be fun. That could be interesting. Could be are you heavily insured? <laughs> Well, I'm thinking it could be some, it's going to be some nasty injuries. Oh, it'll there. go fine. It's it'll go fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that and then we've got some conversations some talks some speaking we've got some spoken word events different kinds of performance and we just get to I don't want to say slow things down because it makes it sound less fun but actually <laughs> just have a little bit more time to talk about the sort of things we've been talking about this afternoon really so it is more than a party I mean I must admit you mentioned pride I think obviously the first thing that comes to mind is rainbow yeah. the second thing that comes to mind is I guess a sort of Rio style carnival atmosphere and all that sort yes of and I mean we do want a little bit of that I've got to admit growing up as I did in Plymouth and you know don't make a fuss and all of that I used to look at pride events and think well I don't know what that's got to do with my life do you know what I mean mm. it's kind of like what does sort of gold lame shorts and rainbows <laughs> and you know that's not me nobody would want to see no me in that thank god that's <laughs> no, not I meant me, me not no, you no, Alan, but but yeah. <laughs> I don't so, think they make them in my size no, anyway, yeah. but I think I've started with you know what I've done over the last 10 years and working with everyone in pride in Plymouth and we've started to think of pride 
pride as more of a space, if you see what I mean. So actually, we're claiming a space for a day to have the kind of conversations that we say and we need to have. And we've always been very big in Plymouth that we don't want to become one of these commercial prides, mentioning no names. We don't want to charge for tickets. We don't want it to be all about the LGBT community. It's certainly about celebrating them and saying we're here. But actually, if everyone else doesn't want to come, then we're not going to get very far, really. So what we want is the wider population of Plymouth to come along too and to create a space where people can go, do you know what, I don't understand that word or I'm a bit thrown how that works or could we have a conversation about pronouns, for example, or something like that. And I think that's where the real strength of Pride is, that it's fun, it's a party, but actually it's a space for conversations as well. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to come on to that. I think there is this fear, of course, about having a conversation because you're worried about what term to use and I don't know what to say. So it's LGBT, you yes, say, but there's yes. a, obviously there's the LGBTQ plus. Yes, Q plus. So LGBT is the kind of more traditional. We know, understand being yeah. gay, bisexual, transgender. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of move into I for intersex, A for asexual. Also, Q is there for questioning and also queer. And some people really like the word queer. I was to as say that used to be terribly non uh, Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. And now it's kind of been accepted. I mean, personally, I quite like it. But I work with a lot of older people who kind of go, you know, that word been used against me I don't want to go there mm. so it is difficult within the community if you like mm. and there's a whole load of other identities I think we're up to about 16 17 letters that fit the plus you know so you've also got the question of whether you go LGBT plus LGBTQ plus LGBTQIA plus and it's yeah, <laughs> so the nice it's, if yeah, you guys can't decide exactly if I'm straight what do I say uh, uh, what, tell me what uh, should I say well this is I mean I don't think you can go far wrong with LGBT plus really it's kind of the easiest kind of LGBT and all the others and all the others because the plus is all the others mm. you see you know it is difficult I talk a lot about the LGBT plus community but actually we don't all live on a street together in a traditional <laughs> idea of what a community would be quite fabulous but so actually you have great parties yes sure, yeah. that's everyone but actually yeah you know so we've got to accept that there are I don't quite want to say tensions but there are differences and there are different perspectives within that so we kind of need all of these words I mean I'm not downing the fact we've got all of these words because all these different words are really important to help people express who they are you know if someone can explain who they are with words that weren't there 10 years ago then that's a really positive thing but and again talking about that move towards putting ourselves out of business once we've had enough time to have all these conversations maybe we won't need the words again because we'll all be back to just being people People. you know and people who fall in love with people and you know yeah like well that's what i think i do worry about when people how can i put this they kind of need a description to match their very specific thing so it's this thing about i've had conversations with people who get almost angry about the need for pronouns so can you explain that part because they say what does it matter why is it important to say i'm he, he him. She, yes. It's really opening up the conversation because, I mean, we've had for quite a long time, we would talk about trans and then the opposite of trans was seen as being, and excuse the term, normal. And somebody kind of went, well, actually... I haven't met a normal person you don't, in my well, life. Exactly, but, yeah. well, exactly. Well, it's normal. That. But so then we kind of came up with the idea of, or oh, the word of cisgender, which is kind of someone who they look at their body and they go, yeah, that fits. That's how I feel inside. Right. That's who I am. Because we didn't like the idea of normal versus not normal, you know, because... Well, clearly not. 
Again, it's all really about opening up the conversation. And the idea of kind of sharing your pronouns a little more is that actually, because people will kind of go, well, I've looked at that person and it's obvious that they're male or I've looked at that person and it's obvious they're female. And actually, if, if they don't feel that way inside... Again, it's that how do you open up the conversation? So, you know, people in email signatures offering their pronouns just save somebody maybe having a difficult conversation, kind of going, oh, well, actually, I differ. You know, you look at some... I don't. I mean, should I? I mean, I don't, because I don't care what anyone calls me. I've been called a number of things in my life. (laughs) 17 years in the police, you get (laughs) called a lot. So I don't care. So should I? Uh, Am I saying that I'm open to a conversation? Yeah, I think that's really the idea, yeah. is, And I'm not saying you should, and I'm not saying you should, but you're just kind of allowing for the possibility that actually, I mean, take Zoom, for example. We've all spent quite a lot of time on Zoom in the last two years. And, of course, somebody pops up on your Zoom screen and you immediately make a few judgments, don't you? Well, that's a middle-aged man. And actually, by having your pronouns on there, if somebody's got, well, actually, they, them, more because they don't define as comfortably with male and female or even she, if they appear to be male to the viewer, you know, it just saves that difficult conversation and opens up the fact that this person who's sharing their pronouns is quite up for the conversation. conversation. I get that. I mean, I do remember being called by a receptionist where I used to work, being told there's two gentlemen here to see you. And uh, I remember that one of them was not a gentleman. Was not a gentleman, yes. And was straight, but I can see why. Yeah. It's difficult because yeah. one of my favourite quotes, the team laugh at me because I love my quotes, but Soren Kierkegaard said, to label me is to negate me. And I get that. And I yeah. tell you what, it's this really silly story. I was once taken as a guest to a theatre production and the person who took me knew the people in the seats behind turned around to chat. So me being me, I stood up, turned around to say hello. And she said, oh, this is Stuart. He's just a policeman. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I'm not just anything. I'm a very complicated human being. So getting back to the point, I don't like to label things, but that is important to that person. It it can be. And I think, because I would agree with you about the late, the difficulty is... (laughs) Having just said, yes, we shouldn't have labels. If your label, without meaning to, there's still some very common sense assumptions. So I'm getting a bit PhD here, but we live in a heteronormative cisgender society. So when you meet someone, you kind of assume that they're straight unless they tell you they're not. And you assume that they are as they appear to be gender-wise unless they tell you they're not. So it's like, yes, we shouldn't have these labels, but we still default back to that norm so sometimes it's just a way of you know it's a bit like my rainbow wristband and pronouns on an email signature it's just kind of opening up oh actually maybe you're not quite what i'm automatically assuming you are and again it's just a matter of working you know we'll hit a point where people possibly won't assume these things about people when they meet them and allow for the possibility that they could be all sorts of things so again it's that working through the conversation i think which is where we're at at the moment and the arc of history being long i've heard friends say that they were talking about a young lad in a friend's class and he comes in in a dress and the kids don't give a stuff no it's the parents who are going oh my god i I don't know how to deal with that but the kids are like oh yeah 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 yeah. to them they don't seem to care no no much less of an issue which is great no it is and it's kind of where we're at it is the adults that go oh might go wrong here or am i you know i've worked with teachers like what if i say the wrong name on the you know on the register and it's like they'll correct you you know and actually they won't lose a huge amount of sleep over it because we are all doing our best and we all go a bit wrong in the process well i think that's where things are getting better and i know you've heard me say this before because we were at 
events together, but Jabu Butera from Diversity Business Incubator, he said he didn't mind me saying this, was black people need to be less prickly and white people need to be less frightened to have the conversation. And if you say a word that they don't like, just say, I'd rather you didn't use that word. Let me explain to you why that's offensive or whatever. Rather than this shock horror of everything, let's just have a chat. We're all human beings, aren't we? And I genuinely don't want to upset or offend anyone, but I'm sure I do on occasion. I think we all do, don't we? But But it is just like, and very often it is just about saying, oh, can I just explain how that word lands with me? And then, Mm. you know, and most people will go, oh, dear, I'll I'll try not to use it again. Mm. (laughs) And and that's the point, try, because if you've had... In my case, 21 years of um, <coughs> using yeah. words. They get ingrained in your head. They do. Yeah. So Pride, we were saying, is at Albion. And you say 13th and 14th? 13th of August, yeah. Yes, yeah. And how can people get involved? Can business um, get involved? Oh, they can, yes. Yes, on the website. And I'm very happy to send emails. There are ways that firms can book a stand and come and be part of the day, which will be lovely. We've always looking for more volunteers there's sponsorship opportunities if people would like to one of the things we do do with our sponsorship opportunities is we kind of like getting money as i say we're a not-for-profit company and we're a bit too good, and we're a bit too good at not-for-profit actually but, it's, <laughs> but uh, we need but to you remember, also want to be not for loss yes not for loss would be good so obviously you know we love it if people sponsor thank you very much but also at the same time one of the things we like to offer and we hope that firms and businesses and all sorts of organizations would be interested in is actually would you like to you know talking about conversations a lot in this podcast Mm. it's like actually would you like to have a conversation with us would you like us to come in and have a chat with your employees and talk about these spaces and these conversations and we're not trying to tell granny how to suck eggs but sometimes it's just like actually you know these are some of the words these are some Mm. of the things and it, it just opens up conversations in businesses as well and you know it kind of makes possibly their LGBT plus employees feel a little bit more at home, a little bit more mm. valued and things. So that's part of the deal as well. So we'd really like to, we found that the businesses that have done that with us up to now have kind of stayed with us and it's, it's more of an organic, so ongoing a positive, relationship. positive thing. Yeah. You've sort of answered, I guess in some ways, my next question is sort of what was your advice be to employers, firms, managers who about having conversations about this. Yeah, I, I think and conversations, by the way, is okay. This is called in conversation oh, with this podcast. Yeah. So that's okay. That's worked out well, yes. Sorry, I I interrupted you. So what what would your advice be to me about businesses? I think it is just to create those spaces. You know, I'm not trying to sell pride in Plymouth. We would very happily come in and check. You know, we've had conversations in the past with, I'm sure they won't mind me saying, St. Luke's have said, oh, you know, we've worked with people going towards end of life and people have come in to visit them and we think that other person is possibly their partner but they've not told us it's their partner so how can can we create a sort of environment where people feel more comfortable to just share that so we can support them better and you know it works the other way I think I mentioned the event that we did some work with Health Watch at one point and lots of LGBT people were saying, well, my GP doesn't really take into account my situation. It's like, oh, you're out to your GP. And they're like, no, we're not. So you're not <laughs> you helping them. them. You <laughs> might want to tell them. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's not a kind of wagging finger. It's a general conversation. And, and I, you know, I like to think that Pride in Plymouth can really help with having that conversation. But at the same time, you don't necessarily need you know if you're a good employer if you're an interested you know you can open that space between you and chat things through and talk about things and i think 
you know that's the most effective thing you can do really is allow people to be themselves in the workplace and in life i completely agree so where can people find out more i guess the best place is to hit our website which is prideinplymouth.org.uk or get in touch we've also got an email address hello at prideinplymouth.org.uk so ping an email off and we'll be in touch and i say this flippantly i hope you don't mind i don't have to wear gold llama shorts i don't have to be gay i can come along no we would something for everyone something for everything everyone we really love to see you there so yeah albion basically we're beginning with a parade from devonport park it's a little bit of touch of history because we began with devonport park we did the first pride event 10 years ago at devonport park so there's a parade from devonport park down to albion little bit of a spectacle in the show and everyone's welcome to come along and join that and be part of that and i've had people before going well i can't be in your parade because i'm not gay and it's like no you're absolutely welcome and we'd love to have you and then the event will start at one and run through for the rest of the day really but yeah if people are interested in getting involved in any way go to the website or get in touch and we'll happily chat that through thank you alan i have one two-part question to end let's start with part one of it what do you love about this city oh i think the people We get very excited about it being the ocean city, and it is, and it's wonderful, and we talk about the marine park, Mm. and that's wonderful. There are an awful lot of things about the geography of this place that's quite amazing. But for me, it's the people. I think there's a real authenticity to people in Plymouth. There's a real pragmatism which i really like i talk about the sort of argyle mentality no disrespect to argyle, but i've met people who oh, support them every year but i don't expect them to win and then they win <laughs> and they're like i'm quite thrown by the fact that they're winning and they, you know there's, <laughs> That's a, very kind, there's a kind of very plumous kind of like you know we like a bit of misery but we're um <laughs> so and and i think that's you know going back to the lgbt community i think that kind of pragmatism is built into who we are and i really respect that and like that so yeah well that leads me to part two final question if you could change one thing about the city whether it's lgbtq related or not what would it be it is something about spaces and it is something about i think saying how wonderful the people are i guess i would like the people to realize how wonderful they are (laughs) because sometimes we don't you know we have a tendency to you know that's a bit much do you know what i mean Mm. or that's you know that's not really for Mm. us is it and i think we're quite an amazing place and an amazing group of people so and we should realize it and we should realize it and celebrate it Mm. yeah well you're going to celebrate it at albion yes it's been brilliant talking to you dr alan butler thank you so much for sharing your story and all about pride in plymouth brilliant thank you If you're not already a Chamber member and you'd like to join, membership starts from as little as £245 per annum plus VAT. Your business can gain yearly benefits in excess of £2,200. Check out the membership section at devonchamber.co.uk. Be part of something bigger and join today to connect, grow and succeed with the Devon and Plymouth Chamber. In Conversation With is produced by Fresh Air Studios. Full audio production services for podcasts, live links and corporate communications. Visit freshairstudios.com. Presented by Stuart Elford. Produced and engineered by Paul Philpott. Edited and mixed by Martin Burgess-Moon. Production support by Lisa Hartwell. Copyright Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce and Fresh Air Studios Limited. All rights reserved.